Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I want to welcome you to the show. Many of you have, uh, have asked, uh, how can we sign up for your newsletter? How can we find out in advance the people you're going to have on and the things that you're going to give away? It's very easy to do. All you need to do is go to our website, www.thedrpatshow.com, T-H-E-D-R, patshow.com and you'll see on the right hand side a box for you to simply sign up for the newsletter we do not do anything weird with your email address we do not resell these emails this is really for you to make sure you are the first to know of what's going on with the show and what our sponsors and what our guests are providing. Today, Chip St. Clair is joining me here today, and we want to make sure you know we're giving away three copies of his book as well. This is part of our Pay It Forward campaign. This month, April, is Child Abuse Prevention Month, and it is so deeply, deeply significant to me and the many other people out there that, you know, have been suffering or have suffered horrendous abuse, whatever that looks like for you. Chip St. Clair suffered this horrendous abuse from his father, uh, a child murdering fugitive, one of America's most wanted in the late 90s, and his mother, the accomplice. And so imagine having that kind of story in what you do. Uh, Chip joins us today to tell the story, but more importantly, to let us know that there are actions that we can take, that what he has been able to do is create legislation and much more. You know, beyond all of that in the book that he has written, The Butterfly, Butterfly Garden, you know, he is also recognized and honored as the recipient of a U.S. Congressional Record of Ardent Advocacy on behalf of abuse and neglect children. So today's show is about this best-selling memoir, but more importantly, about what you can know, what you can learn, and what you can do. Chip, thank you so much for joining us here today on a topic that is very near and dear to my heart as well as yours. Well, thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. I want to get right to this and talk about the Butterfly Garden and talk about the book. And there's generally a question that I ask. And the question I ask usually is about the challenges and obstacles that you had to overcome to bring you to this very moment. And that question has never been so very specifically important to you and your story. And I think that starting out with the Butterfly Garden and having you talk about it will answer that question and much more. Absolutely. It was a, a long road in coming. And, it, you know, when I think about how long it took me to write the Butterfly Garden, it took me five years. And uh, uh, it was a very difficult experience, but also a very cathartic experience. I'm definitely not the same person um, having finished it that I was when I began mm. uh, the book. It was a journey of its own. But, you know, basically it chronicles my life um, spent on the run with one of America's most wanted. And we're talking about a childhood spent with a guy who would get violent if you 
put too many ice cubes in his glass of Diet Coke mm. or didn't put enough ice cubes or if you walked across the vacuum lines uh, along the carpet and you messed them up, he would, he, you could incite some sort of rage or violence from him. So it was a constant um, undermining of my security, a constant walking on eggshells, never knowing what I was going to do to set this guy off. Mm. I can't, you know, I can't, I can't even imagine what that's like. I, I mean, you know, it's, it, I, first of all, I want to honor the fact that you're even on this show and that you've written this book. This had to be, you know, I guess one of the most painful and yet at the same time, one of the most freeing experiences for you to sit down and write this. It really was. And it, and it draws back to a few things. Um, of course, I could not have, have, uh, you know, developed and turned into the person I am today without the love and the strength of my wife, Lisa. But, you know, as uh, in, in drawing back to something that I connected with in my childhood, it was the arts and literature. The creative arts were um, a sanctuary for me. Mm. I remember, you know, reading, devouring any anything I could get my hands on as a kid. And um, that really became a means for me, you know, reading the same, uh, you know, metaphors and allegories and symbolism and use, using the same tools that authors and poets would use, you know, in their stories, I use those to make sense of the chaos in my life, to try to, you know, um, understand what was going on in a way I could understand or a way I could interpret it. So, you know, having that as a sanctuary was, uh, in, a, in a sense, uh, relieving, but, you know, not knowing, not having another frame of reference to know what I wasn't going through wasn't normal. It was, you know, it was only a, a matter of time because it was just a coping mechanism. And it was when I was 22 uh, mm. in 1998 that I found out my father's dark secret, that he was actually a fugitive. He was a child murderer who was on the run for 26 years. You know, this had to rock your world. I mean, clearly, you must have known that the life you were living as a child, teenager, was different than what other people had. But at some level, you know, perhaps you didn't know that. You know, and I, I do a lot of lecturing across the country, uh -huh. and I, I run into uh, survivors all the time. And, you know, one of the biggest things is talking about how... You really didn't have a frame of reference to know. I mean, you know it didn't feel right. Right. But sometimes we accept um, even the bad things in life thinking that they're normal. You normalize bad behavior and you gravitate towards not what's good for you, but what's comfortable, what you're used to, which is why these things sometimes end up being cycles and you really have to try to break that. But in speaking of the survivors and in my you know, personal situation, you know, you know, I remember as a kid talking to other children in school and I'd hear the, I'd overhear them talking about their their parents fighting at home the night before, and how that really bothers them. And you know, my visual, you know, we're speaking the same language, but we have different meanings for those words. My version of my parents fighting is my mother curled up on the kitchen floor, and my father kicked her in the stomach. Mm. I mean, they were, uh, you know, later I I found out more details about their version of fighting was their parents were just arguing over what to watch for television that that evening. You know, a very very simple normal sort of um, conflict issue. So, you know, my, uh, and, and people who grow up in abusive homes, the, the extremes seem normal, and you don't realize that, you know, other people aren't going through to that extreme. And when you do, there's a shutdown. There's a mechanism that kind of goes off in your brain that you feel guilty, you feel ashamed, you don't want anyone to know these dark secrets. You know, when I 
when I, uh, I remember talking about my mother drinking, you know, 14 cans of beer per night. I mean, she was obviously a horrible alcoholic. But when I said that out loud, thinking that was just, you know, something in a normal behavior, and I had people, you know, friends looking at me saying, that's really odd. I learned to just keep my mouth shut. I learned to yeah. keep quiet. I felt embarrassed and uncomfortable. And, right. and that shame sticks with, a, you know, a, a victim for a long, long time. And how lonely did that feel, Chip? Well, what that did is pretty much, you know, and you have to understand, I moved like 30 times in my life. Yep. So every time I would try to develop a relationship with friends, with teachers or whatever, it was undermined and we were swept off to a new city, a new state, um, uh, you know, in, in one form or another, I was always feeling alone. The only thing I could connect with were books. So, um, uh, and, you know, obviously feeling like I, I couldn't divulge what was going on. I couldn't talk to anybody, even uh, family members of my parents, I, we rarely saw. So there was just this, this isolation. I really felt like I was on an island um, all alone, not knowing what to do. And I was an only child, as far as I had known. There was no indication that I had uh, brothers or sisters or anything um, at that point. It was later that uh, I uncovered some uh, pretty uh, sinister clues indicating that maybe my, my parents had other children while they were on the run that didn't survive my father's brutality. You know, this is such a fascinating story. And the reason that this is so timely here, Chip, is, and I want to ask you this question, is that right now what we're hearing and we're seeing in the news, of course, if you're part of this pop culture right now, you are plugged in to Rihanna and you're plugged into Chris Brown. And you're plugged into the dynamic between them and, of course, the story of Chris and the abuse. And I guess the question that comes up for me is how did you, Chip, how did you shake the pattern of your parents? Because all we're hearing now is this, wow, he couldn't help it. He grew up in this family. Honestly, he needs to read your book because <laughs> I'm just trying to wrap my mind around how you have come out and are now a spokesperson for, for in a way that's so beautiful. By the way, the book is absolutely wonderful. I love it. Um, and I want you to, to address that question because I think we have some information out in the pop culture right now where you've got people that are sympathetic to him uh, as if he was a victim and can't change his life. But here you are. Well, that's, that's exactly the thing, and I appreciate you bringing up this point because, yes, it's an inspirational memoir, and yes, it might, uh, in the, the Butterfly Garden is true crime because it, that aspect that it's fascinating for people to understand all of these um, dynamics of my, of my life, uh, you know, I, I understand that that's not lost on me, but um, I really wrote it as a roadmap. I wrote it for people to understand how I was able to overcome what I did. Um, you know, we all face adversity, and as you're talking, you know, there's all sorts of issues brought up in the news, um, especially nowadays. Uh, it doesn't just have to be abuse, but it can be all sorts of things that we're confronted with that we have to be able to move on. And when you see these sorts of patterns, and what it, what it came down to for me was, you know, I didn't know at one point if these people were even my real parents. When I found out my father's identity, he basically beat me and dislocated my shoulder. Mm. He was arrested for domestic violence because my, my fiancé at the time, my wife, Lisa, had the great sense to, to call the police, which had never been done in my home. So he's mm -hmm. in jail. I'm, I'm out of the hospital, mm -hmm. and I call my aunt, my father's sister, who lives in Indiana, 
and I was going to press charges, and she wanted me to keep this family secret. And hold that's hold she on to that thought. Hold on to that thought. Well, let's take a break, because what you're talking about right now is sometimes more painful than the actual acts, and I want to make sure that you get the time that you deserve to talk about it. Let's take a short break. When we come back, Chip St. Clair is going to join us. We're giving away three copies of the Butterfly Garden, 1-800-930-2819, 1-800-930-2819. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation. We'll be right back. Don't understand why we can't just hold on to each other's hands. You're invited to the Sacred Cat Ball dinner and auction to benefit Whisker City. April 18th at the Linwood Convention Center. Whisker City is dedicated to the rescue and rehabilitation of abused, neglected, and abandoned pets. Performing live at the event will be Shelly and the Curves, voted Seattle's best cover band by Evening Magazine. Don't miss the Sacred Cat Ball. Visit WhiskerCity.com for more information. Dr. Pat, and I want to make sure you don't miss the final event in the 2009 Extraordinary People Lecture Series. Join Don Miguel Ruiz, international best-selling author of The Four Agreements, on April 24th at the Center for Spiritual Living in Seattle. Go to the thedrpatshow.com under the Featured Events section for more information and to purchase your tickets now. Don't miss this opportunity to be inspired. Go to the thedrpatshow.com for more details. Dr. Pat's giving away an iPod to a lucky listener every month. Yep, every month. All you have to do is go to the drpatshow.com. That's the drpatshow.com. Then sign up for our weekly newsletter. When you sign up for the newsletter, not only will you be entered to win the iPod, you'll also be kept up to date on all the awesome things that we're doing here at the Dr. Pat Show. So remember, go to the drpatshow.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter. You can't afford to miss out on this. How would you like to recession-proof yourself in 2009? Rich Gurman, one of America's most popular business and life coaches, can empower you to do just that. His affordable coaching programs will guide you to a lifestyle of great health, happiness, and prosperity. Go to richgurman.com, spelled R-I-C-H-G-E-R-M-A-N.com to learn more about his popular Coaching 101 classes and mastermind groups. Rich Gurman will help you turn your dreams into reality. Is it possible to change your physical destiny in one critical hour without suffering or willpower? Cat James says yes. Find out what transformed Cat and others as you jumpstart your own journey to freedom from the boot camp body and beauty myths. With pioneering experts and real life stories, Cat will get you off the merry-go-round so you can get serious about self-transformation. Are you ready to be transformed? Catch the Cat James Show Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific. Learn more at Total Transformation. Information.com. Perfco Green. Biodegradable by nature, green by choice. Traditional trash bags stay in our landfills and pollute the earth for over 800 years or more. Perfco Green trash bags disappear naturally within two years and leave nothing harmful behind. Convert your home, school, and business to Perfco Green. Now available at Walgreens, Amazon.com, Office Max, and other local stores. Visit PerfcoGreen.com. That's P E R F. GoGreen.com Welcome back. 
back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I am so thrilled and actually honored to have uh, Chip St. Clair joining us here today. The book is The Butterfly Garden, and I know many of you are calling in. Benny tells me we do have one more copy left uh, to pay it forward to you. Uh, you can call that toll-free number, 1-800-930-2819, and Benny will take care of that. Chip, we were talking about the pop culture and the argument in terms of whether one can change, whether or not we are all victims of this, uh, and basically powerless to create the life we desire. Basically, there's a school of thought that says what you've done, Chip, is virtually impossible. Well, I'm living proof that it isn't, that DNA does not define, does not define you, that your past does not define your boundaries that you're able to rise beyond blood, rise beyond anything, any adversity. I mean, when, you know, getting back to, to what we were talking about before the break, you know, my aunt discloses to me, hoping to keep this family secret, that my father was a fugitive, a child murderer who had been on the run for 26 years, and my mother was the one that helped him escape prison. Now, you know, that's obviously set in motion an entire whirlwind for me. I didn't know anything about my past. Chip St. Clair was just an alias my parents had given me. I still don't, to this day, know my real birth date. All these sinister clues indicating my parents might have uh, committed other murders of children while on the run. You know, all sorts of horrible things going on. And, it, you know, I, I talk about this metaphor, um, uh, or I use a metaphor in the book that I call a moment of truth. And I find this trunk in my parents' apartment, and, and inside are all these forged birth certificates, pictures of other children that say chip on the back locks of hair, baby teeth, there's all sorts of these, you know, um, really amazing uh, uh, clues that send me on what I call my quest for my identity. And, you know, we all are faced with that moment of truth moment. We're all faced with that time where we look in the mirror and ask ourselves, who are, who am I? What am I going to do with my life? And, you know, in a very real sense, that's what I was faced with. Well, not knowing if I was kidnapped, not wanting to fall down the same road as my father, and I'll tell you, one of the uh, biggest saving graces for me was my wife, Lisa, because she wouldn't let me go down that path. She wouldn't let me become uh, my father. Uh, his name's Michael Grant. That's his, his, his real name. She wouldn't let me become Michael Grant. She uh, loved me enough to see enough strength in me, even things I didn't see in myself, um, to, to inspire me to rise up to the occasion and be more. And I'll tell you, that's true love. So for me... Facing this crossroads, not wanting to go on the same path as my father, but with the same kind of you know, uh, information that was filled in my head, like you're talking about in the pop culture. Well, it was, it's in your blood. It's, uh, you know, that's the way you were raised. You're doomed to be that way. Well, I'll tell you, what I did is I, you know, I was faced with a situation where if I was, if I were kidnapped, maybe there's a family out there that you know, is a great family, good people, and maybe their blood is running in my veins. Mm -hmm. So that got me open-minded to think, well, if that's true, then, then I'm not doomed. Then I can, you know, think beyond the boundaries that I was shown, and I was just kidnapped. I'm really from this great family. Well, then all of a sudden, an amazing transformation started to happen. I, I was able to let go of more anger. I was able to, um, you know, reach beyond, like I talked about, the boundaries of, of, the, uh, of what I was taught. And, and learn to accept my wife's love for me. And because, you know, love was just a word, it wasn't something I was really ever shown. And so once that happened, well, I'll tell you, I eventually found out biologically these people were my parents. We had, you know, national media step in, get DNA tests, and prove, okay, well, no, it is their DNA, their blood running through your veins. 
but but my mind was already open. My boundaries had already been released. I had already made that determination. And going back to a poem, I like to say, saved my life many times. Um, my first encounter was when I was eight years old. The poem is called Invictus, which means unconquerable in Latin. And the last lines of that poem are, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. And that really became a mantra in my life, that no matter what we've been through, we have to be able to take the, that adverse situation, turn it around, and learn how to soar. Well, you know, one of the things that I love about who you are and what you stand for is the idea that you represent what this show is about. The world of unlimited possibilities, you know, coming from a place where, as you've done so beautifully in this book, shared your story, but have shared it in a way, you know, where you're using some amazing metaphors and also to bring people to a place of hope. And I wanted to ask you, when you sat down to write this, what was your vision? What did you have in mind as the end result of this? Well, I'll tell you, to be honest, when I wrote it, um, I wrote it for myself because I don't think I could have could have been as candid or as open if I if I wrote it with other people in mind, with readers readers in mind. I really wanted to get out what was in my heart. I wanted to explore things, and that's what I talk. One of the things I talk about in the book is the most important thing to be able to make a change is introspection. You know, we live in a society where we're always trying to impress people with what car we drive or what we wear or where we live and all sorts of. You know, all of these superficial things, like when we get home at night and we look in the mirror, there's only one person that really knows who we are, and that's ourselves. And you can't lie to yourself, and you can't run from yourself. So to really analyze yourself, be objective, and and uh, try to not, be, not just be critical, but, you know, sometimes we give other people more consideration, more compassion than we give ourselves. To be able to give yourself compassion and also criticism is to really start to see yourself take shape. And a lot of times what ends up happening with, with children uh, who suffer abuse or people who face adversity is they, they never get to know themselves. They never really get to develop that sense of who they are. They're always just surviving instead of learning how to thrive. And so one of the things for me, and, and people find this kind of fascinating because, you know, the book's doing so well and this is something I've always, you know, had hoped for. Uh, with with a career in writing, and you know, I'm working on some other book projects right now, and this is really taking off. But you'd be surprised to know, and I talk about this a little bit in the book, that that was one of the biggest things my father would cut me down on. He would tell me my you know my writing is horrible. I'd come back from um, uh, school with a with a, a term paper with an A on it, and I'd find it in the garbage. And there's a constant mm. undermining of my. Um, my abilities in creativity and writing and art and all sorts of endeavors that was a huge hurdle for me when I sat down to write this because I would get three or four chapters into it and I'd say, oh, this is just junk. This is just garbage. Oh, and wow. There was my father coming out and Lisa was right there to say, Chip, this is beautiful. You have to get the demons out of there. And, and that's when I talk about when I get to the point in the, in the book when I talk about mastering demons. You know, our past is always going to be with us. We can't change who we are or what was in our life to shape us, but we can control it. And if we can utilize that energy, no matter how negative it was, and turn it to our advantage, we have an incredible power on our hands, and that's what the purpose of the butterfly is. You know, when you look at what I, uh, yeah, there's a point of, of crossroads I reached, and, you know, I use that same metaphor of, of um, that same tool using a metaphor to make sense of what I was going to do with my future. And 
what kind of person I wanted to be. And ultimately, I started thinking about the concept of a, of a caterpillar. Now, when you think of a caterpillar, it devours, it feeds, it consumes, it destroys its surroundings. I mean, that's just what a caterpillar does. But then it goes into a cocoon, which I equate to mm. uh, introspection. And then it comes out of that cocoon as a butterfly with a new purpose. This creature that once destroyed and devoured its surroundings is now pollinating, is now spreading beauty to the world one flower at a time. And taking that cue from nature, I thought, you know, maybe that's our purpose in life, no matter what we faced in our past, no matter how much it tried to destroy and consume us. We can't let ourselves destroy and consume our surroundings. We have to rise beyond that, go through a form of a cocoon and introspection in ourselves, and rise up, let our wings spread, and learn how to make this world a more beautiful place. I have to tell you, this is one of the most captivating interviews I have done in a really long time, Chip. And honestly, you know, I, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and I'm, I'm, I'm totally immersed in every word you're saying and the way you say it. And I think what, what touches my heart so deeply is to see how you have become a champion in so many ways for, for many people out there that are even afraid to talk about this. And, boy, I know that your wife is not on the show today. Uh, we can't say enough about what it's like to have people of that nature to support us. My gosh. I mean, do you, like, kiss the ground she walks on every day? <laughs> I'll tell you, she, she is one of the most amazing people and really my inspiration for who I am today. Um, she, she, she has that. Uh, you know, and I, I don't always like to use the term unconditional love, mm -hmm. but it's that, it's that love that when you, you know you're headed down the wrong path, she loves you enough to keep you on the right path. You know, a lot of times, and that's one of the things, the questions I get all the time is, well, how could your aunt have kept this secret all these years? How could, you know, your father's family have, have known he was on the run all these years? And I like to say, well, because they didn't love him enough to help him. They didn't love him enough to not let him keep going down a bad path but help him get back on the right path. And too many times, family members think they're doing the right thing by just staying quiet, by just supporting bad behavior. When, when you really, you challenge the person to be the best they can be, and that's true love, and that's mm. what at least taught me. Well, thank you, Chip. Let's give out your website, please, and let people know how they can get a copy of the book. You bet. My book's website is thebutterflygardenmemoir.com. My personal website is chipstanclair.com. And for more information on the child advocacy work that I do, it's the St. Clair Butterfly Foundation.org. Thank you so much, Chip. We're going to make sure we play and replay this, this particular interview on many of our networks. And, you know, from all of us to you, thank you for opening up our hearts and creating a pathway for hope. How to help people deal with loss and the grieving process. The new online certificate in bereavement studies at the Center for Integrative Health focuses on the spiritual, cultural, and workplace aspects of loss. Completely online, the one course per month format allows you to complete the certificate in as little as nine months and earn graduate credit from a regionally accredited institution. Financial aid is available. Visit centerforintegrativehealth.org for the National University Systems Center for Integrated Health. That's centerforintegrativehealth.org.
Have you signed up for the Dr. Pat Show newsletter? Find out about upcoming guests, current promotions, events, and information. Go to thedrpatshow.com. That's thedrpatshow.com. And sign up now. Can you imagine a world where noodles are calorie-free? For centuries, Japanese women have eaten these noodles. Now this Japanese Miracle Noodle is available in the United States at MiracleNoodle.com. As seen on ABC News, this noodle made only of soluble fiber has zero net carbs and zero calories. Imagine the possibilities. Now you know why it's called Miracle Noodle. Add noodles back into your diet guilt-free at MiracleNoodle.com. Are you feeling stuck? Do you want to be free from fears and doubts and finally feel good about yourself, but you just don't know how to get there? Dr. Schaub's Accelerated Breakthrough Program provides you with the tools and solutions to go beyond your limitations and achieve self-empowered confidence. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. Visit CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com. With the changing economy, how will you take care of your health without breaking the bank or adding more hassle to your busy life? Best-selling author Kat James's Transformational Orientation Seminars could be the free ticket you're looking for. During these free evening phone sessions, Kat will answer your inside-out health or beauty question live and present the principles of her acclaimed Total Transformation programs and best-selling book, The Truth About Beauty. Find out if Kat's renowned approach could transform your looks and life as you enjoy the call from comfort from your own home. With zero investment or obligation, you'll hear Kat tell her incredible story of transformation live, as well as other inspiring success stories. Get the latest health news, recipes, and lifestyle strategies. Enjoy exclusive discounts on Kat's programs. You'll even have a chance to win an eight-week full curriculum teleprogram valued at $600. Visit thecatjamesshow.com to register for Cat's free transformation orientation seminar today.